morning, everyone. This is Rob McDougall with Zeng Financial here with your weekly economic update. Today is February 5th, 2024. First of all, I want to apologize. We didn't make a podcast and go through it last week as I was down with several of my teammates seeing approximately 40 or so of our clients in the Naples area. So that was great, but sorry we missed last week. Uh, during last week, so we had several economic data points that came out all across the board were really strong, maybe too strong again. We'll go through each of those, but also in addition to that last week, a couple of big events. Uh, during the week, last week, we had a, a slate of large cap companies reporting earnings, and in particular, five of the mega cap growth names reported earnings, and the results were, the results were pretty good, but certainly the responses were mixed. So in total, we had Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Meta, I might have missed one in there, Microsoft. Uh, but out of those, those five names alone represent 25% of the S&P 500. Uh, last week, Meta was by far the largest winner after they reported earnings. Their stock moved up on Friday 20.5%. Uh, the loser last week, relatively speaking, was Google, uh, with their stock down 6.7%. Last week, in addition to the earnings and the economic data that we'll get to, we did have a Federal Open Market Committee meeting. Uh, there was no expectation of a rate increase or any change during the meeting, but it uh, certainly did not lack uh, market-moving uh, elements in that. Chairman Powell uh, came out and said, of course, no change, but he really put cold water on the expectation or the thought or the hope that there would be a 25 basis point cut in March and mentioned that the inflation data, while it's improved, would definitely have to improve substantially towards that 2.0 target that they have for PCE before the Fed cuts. So as a result, the probabilities of rate cuts dropped dramatically last week. So if we went back two weeks ago, it'd look even more pronounced, but just last week, the expectation for one rate cut in March dropped dramatically. A week ago, Prior week, 53%. After the Fed discussion uh, on Wednesday, there's a 15% chance now of a cut, just 15%. And I'm pretty sure two weeks ago that was over 70%. So expectations for a March rate cut pretty much gone. Then we take a look at the end of the year. Now, and you may recall, a couple of weeks ago, there was over a 50% chance 150 basis points of cuts. Well, now it's down to a 60% chance of only 100 or four cuts by the end of the year. That's 60%. That's down from 84% just a week ago. So Fed definitely put cold water on any uh, short-term rate cuts and the number that we should expect during the year. The reason why is the economic data that we'll go through. Last week started off with consumer confidence. Now, two weeks prior to that, we had the University of Michigan consumer sentiment, which was one of the biggest beats that we've seen, way above expectations. The government's consumer confidence index came in a little better than expected. Consensus was 113, came in at 114. Then on Friday, we had a slate of numbers, and this is really market moving, non-farm payrolls, new jobs. Now, again, if you need one metric to tell you if the economy is expanding or healthy, if you had only one you could take other than GDP, 
it would probably be jobs growth if we're adding jobs, probably doing okay. The consensus for January was we would add 175,000 jobs. We came in at 353. Not only that, but the revisions to both December and November were both positive, and we've only seen that one time in the last 13 months, that is positive revisions. So the uh, new jobs added way stronger than expected, and one that has implications certainly for inflation potentially, uh, average hourly earnings. Uh, so it's good, it's double-edged sword at this point in the economic cycle, good. Consumers earning more can spend more, but also we're hoping inflation comes down so the Fed can cut rates. But the average hourly earnings were expected to come in on a month-over-month increase for January of 0.3, came in at a 0.6. So again, further cold water on any expectation that we're going to get a rate cut soon. So um, coming into this week then, uh, what does it look like in terms of expected GDP growth for the first quarter? Again, uh, third quarter last year, 5.2%, way stronger than expected. Then uh, last quarter, fourth quarter, 3.2, Again, way above expectations. First quarter expectations now from the Atlanta Federal Reserve, we're going to grow another 4.2%. If that happens, that would be pretty amazing. Uh, if you just link together last four quarters last year, all of last year, plus that, we would be growing certainly at higher than any guide path, any um, level that you would expect for GDP to grow without creating some imbalances. So uh, economy definitely going strong and stronger than people expected. But here's something contrary to that I was very surprised by. As we look at inflation expectations, we do this all the time, take a look at the U.S. 10-year Treasury minus tips. I would have expected that to be going up with that economic data last week. Did not. It's actually coming back down. It's down to 2.21, which is pretty close to the low that we saw during 2023. So again, expectations for inflation over the next 10 years via the Fed Fund's future market is the break-even is 2.21%. So last week, how did markets respond to this news? Very good for U.S. equities, clearly. Uh, not as good for international equities and fixed income up strongly. So we'll go through them real quick. S&P 500 up another 1.4% last week. So year-to-date, after a fantastic 2023, year-to-date S&P up 4.06%. And much like we saw all of last year, most of that accruing to the Magnificent Seven. So if we look at the equal-weighted S&P 500, it was up 47 basis points last week versus the 141 for S&P. But on a year-to-date basis where the S&P is up 4.06, the equal-weighted is only up 0.27. Again, NASDAQ, large-cap growth mega cap growth driving those numbers. In terms of international stocks, developed markets, XUS flat on the week, emerging markets uh, up a little bit, 0.32%, but in, again, another trend that we've seen so strongly over the last year, year and a half, China down another 3.86. So when you look at a year to date, we're just a month into it, you've got the S&P up 4.06, China is down 10.5%. Amazing dichotomy. Fixed income last week. So two-year yield uh, is down a couple of bips. Ten-year down 13 basis points. So the U.S. aggregate bond index rallied last week to a 
positive 0.65 result. And now on a year-to-date basis, we're still down on that uh, fixed income index, down 0.66%. So this week, economic activity, almost nothing going on this week. We really had to scratch to come up with two. <laughs> so we have one today that's happening. Uh, that's the ISM, Non-Manufacturing or Services Index. Um, this has been strongly positive, whereas the manufacturing component of this index has been well under 50 for 15 months or so. Uh, but this one has continued to be strong. The expectation is it'll come in at 52.0. Last month was surprisingly weak and only 50.5. Again, 50 being the demarcation between expansion above 50, contraction below 50. Last one is simply initial claims. It comes out every week, but comes out on Thursday. The expectation is jobless claims new of 218,000. And last week we showed 224,000. So that's it for the economic recap and preview of this week. Thank you very much for attending. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you.